Hello there. Hello there. Welcome back to the Sky Guys podcast. We are back here for the third week of the Star Wars animation of live. See who joins uh, Bo-Katan and Thrawn in the final four. One of your host, Mike Phillips, joining me today, as always, the man is voice who usually narrates, but we're taking the bracket month off of Pete Cossar narration, but Pete is still here. Pete, how are you? Doing well. Doing well. Uh, no narration, but that's okay. We're here to talk about the bracket. I'm very excited to get into this next region, um, and very excited to talk Star Wars, as always, with you guys. Yep. Also with us here today, uh, the I call him the job of the hut of this podcast. Nick Freyetta is here. Nick, how are you? Doing good. I, I keep reading this for some reason as the Dusty Baker region. So <laughs> to me, that's what this is. This is a Dusty Baker region. And Pete, you have a nice, uh, nice color to you. Yeah, I got I got a little bit of sun, a little bit of sun on Tatooine uh, on my travels. Usually, it's it's more red. It doesn't really get tan. It'll go back to pale in a couple of days. Yeah, yeah, you went and found one of our friends down there. I did. I did. That's probably the closest to live action we're going to get, unfortunately. But yes, I did see an old friend. Yeah, if you followed us on, on social media this week, we did ask, was he snubbed from the bracket here? So I, I think I think that he's quasi-live action, but not officially. Yeah, I guess he's not, right? Yeah, he's not. I don't know. I mean, he kind of is. He's, I don't know. He's half and half. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's get into what we're doing here. So obviously, Pete. If you want to follow us here on the Sky Guys podcast and do so, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, Amazon, all usual suspects. Simply search the Sky Guys Affair podcast platform. You can find episodes there. And as we get through the brackets, we have more off-season stuff. Looks like I have a little bit of wait for Skeleton Crew to come out here. Want to hang out and come along for the ride? Make sure you subscribe. Absolutely. Um, Skeleton Crew is coming up, but like you had mentioned, any, everything in between, you got to subscribe, right? You got to get on this feed. So definitely subscribe. Yep. And uh, Nick, if you want to follow us on social media, how can you do that? Follow at Sky Guys Podcast on Instagram, uh, Twitter, Threads, and TikTok. You can also follow the YouTube version, Mike Phillips on YouTube, video version of the podcast here. And the reason for the season, Lego Ahsoka is here for the bracket. So we she did not, unfortunately, get out of her region last week, but we'll see who takes the crown that's coming forward here in a couple of weeks. Let's see. And I don't have it with me, but I did receive the Chopper Funko Pop. It's, it's, on, it's out of the room. So yeah. it's there. Yeah, Chopper has arrived. I did fulfill the bet, so Nick has gotten his prize. And uh, Nick, we have some Star Wars news to discuss this week. We do. I'm going to turn it right back to you because apparently the actor strike is over. The actor strike is finally over, Nick. So no more um, writer strike and no more actor strike. Yeah, we'll get more to this a little the next couple weeks. Keep back on how this impacts Star Wars here, but. As far as we know, the priority right now seems to be we're going to try and save as many movies we can next year and the and the 23-24 TV season for broadcast. That seems to be the high priority, but there is Star Wars stuff. I, I'm still looking. We'll check on next week, see what else we have. So how much did we lose in terms of time? Uh, we lost, I think, uh, basically the fall half of the 23-24 uh, TV season. We lost a bunch of movies next year to get pushed back. So we missed about three months? Uh yeah, like like basically more like five or six. It was like the first thing I've seen. Yeah, CBS it started is, in like June, right? Yeah, it started in June. We lost almost six months for the actors. Yeah, so we'll see if we can speed things up and get things going. All right. Any, anything else in this department? And the next thing is that the the holiday special documentary is being released in theaters at select Alamo Draft House locations across the country, and the uh, name of it is uh, it's, uh, it's called a disturbance in the force. It's about the. Holiday special in 1978 that we've covered, and just some 
Some names I noticed were on Kevin Smith, Seth Green, Weird Al, a couple other big people uh, playing themselves, I guess just talking about the special, I would assume. Yeah, so just so the audience knows here, we're recording this week and the uh, Ashley Eckstein region together because we are not recording on Thanksgiving week. They are announcing on November 17th the plans for like when this is going to be streaming and when it's going to be available in fourth years and animal draft houses. So, Pete, once we have the ability to get to this movie, we will we will watch the documentary. We'll cover it on the podcast. We'll re-release our coverage of the Hospital Week of Four so you know what the hell we're talking about in this thing, and then we'll discuss the documentary. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. All right. Is that you for the news department, Nick? That is it. All right, here. So while I pull up the uh, bracket we're doing today, the D. Bradley Baker region, Nick, you want to reset the criteria where we're judging the bracket on this year? So I want to make sure I get it right. So uh, we have it based on how they look, based on how the character was portrayed, whether the character developed or not. And then I had added another one in there, but I can't remember what it was. I think you got all three. I thought I added a fourth. I think we've we've been going on the criteria, the Max Roberts, Phil Fryer criteria of uh, look, portrayal, and appeal. Oh, oh, the fourth was um, the cultural impact. Ah, so, so I see that might be more relevant next week when we get to. Uh, that wasn't on their original list, but it was something that we had decided would make the would be a good discussion point. Yeah, a good discussion point. I think not as important as the other three, but I think worth mentioning. Yeah, to me, to me, it comes down. A lot of them come down to that because it could be that the other three are the more important ones, and that's how I'm going to measure. But then it's still a tie, and I'm like, all right, well, as a big Star Wars guy, am I getting asked about A or am I getting asked about B? Who really left their mark? All right. But if it comes down to a tie, sometimes I like to go that way. All right, so let's go here. I have the racket set. This is the four characters discussing today here. The one seed, number two overall, Harrison Dula takes on number four seed, Captain Rex. You have Ezra Bridger and General Grievous. That's the other matchup here, the two-three matchup here. And Grievous, Pete, we have a very unique discussion point here. Probably along with both, it will be two unique transitions here from animation to live action. Probably. Um, I mean, we, we discussed it a little bit last time. This is uh, Grievous. We meet Grievous in the O three Clone Wars. Yeah. Um, j- just to remind me, we, that is that not considered canon? Am I correct on that? That is not considered canon. So right, right. So it's a it's a weird transition there too. But um, but yeah, um, I'm excited to see what you guys think about Joe. Is Rivers. the holiday special canon? No, right? Uh, I think I have I have to double check. Well, I'll check, double check one next week if the cartoon is considered canon. That's the only thing that's actually on Disney Plus. So I would think I would say no, but. That's why I think the two of them are in common in terms of, in that sense, him and Mr. Fett. Okay. All right. Okay. So that's where we're starting idea this week here. So we'll go uh we'll go from the top down here. So we'll do the Hera versus Rex matchup first here. So uh we'll start with our top seed Hera here. So uh while I pull up the uh the look here, because obviously you have that going around here, Pete. What do you think about uh about uh Hera's uh look coming into the show? Hera's appearance is a little awkward. Um I think they do a really really good job, but I think we discussed this um either when we did the bracket, I can't remember. Either when we did the the bracket announcement show or when we talked about just Ahsoka show as a whole and the kind of final recap. I feel like the the extensions of her head their horn, I don't know what they're called. You guys will, will tell me because you're better equipped with that knowledge. Um, those felt a little awkward. They looked fake. They were very 
rubbery and bouncy. They they just looked fake. It didn't really look like it was a part of her head. And I think that, to me at least, kind of makes the appearance a little awkward. Um, but I don't know what you guys think about that. All right. Let me go ahead and uh, pull that up here on, on my screen. I have the screen share for us. I can put that up here. So this is a look for the people watching the YouTube version here. The left is the animated version. The right is the live-action version portrayed by Mary Elizabeth Winstead. So, Nick, what's your take on the look? I think the look's a lot more um, dull. It looks a lot more exciting in the cartoon. Now, it could just be age, maybe. I don't know. But it looks like... I don't know. It almost looks like someone was just cosplaying her. Do so you think this is more does of a that, cosplay vibe? Does that vibe? make sense to you? Is you feel like this, is, like this is the look that, like, if you went to a convention and said, oh, and you went to somebody who's, like, dressed up like this, like, who are you? I'm Harrison Dula. Okay. Yeah. I, now I, can, I know that they changed the outfit a little bit that she wears. I know this picture doesn't really do the best justice for her animated usual outfit, but I mean, it is the, the the right outfit, but usually there's that orange on the bottom. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And we kind of went away from that in this show. Um, in this uh, that the Ahsoka show that is. So, uh, and she has this new jacket that we see here, yeah. and I, I just think that I mean, I'm not gonna complain about the jacket. It's not like a something I'm gonna complain about, but. It doesn't really look the same, and it looks it, something looks a little off. And I can't put my finger on what it is. And to my to me, the easiest thing to say is it just looks dull. Yeah, and Pete, in terms of the jacket, you're correct me if I'm wrong. This was very similar to the jacket that uh, Tandy Newton's character from Solo was wearing when when uh, Han and Chewie meet up with her and Tobias Beckett. Yeah, it, it does look familiar. Um, I want to blatantly say yes that's exactly right because i don't remember um, but i mean it, it does make sense and it does look familiar so it could be from that moment that you're explaining yeah that- he does wear the orange pants in the show i so that i want to make sure that is that is known yes i did think that was very interesting with the uh, the jacket i just happened to catch that here but in terms of uh the portrayal here pete while i look this up here and uh I'll pull real quick up here to close out the decision for the audio viewers here. The video viewers, the uh, the jacket from Tandaway Newton. It's similar, but not the same. Yeah, well, it's similar. Mm. I would imagine the jacket she's wearing is something to do with the, the Rebellion or the New Republic or something. Yeah. It's like a, yeah, the Republic bomber jacket, basically. Yeah. All right, so. There actually is a symbol on the back of it. I wonder what that symbol means. Yeah. I don't know, but uh, we'll, we'll have to look. We'll have to look into it. We'll look into it here. But in terms of now, we'll go to portrayal from uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. And I know that uh, which one of you guys was the one who was like not thrilled with her being the the uh, the choice here, to be uh, Hera. I thought both of us. I. I don't remember. I feel like I was okay with her portrayal. It might, it might have been you then, Nick. Maybe you're thinking of the other two that joined us yeah. for yeah. the bracket reveal. No, they were very high. They put her as number two overall seed. Huh? Yeah, it, was, it was me. I, I yeah. listen. I could be wrong. I, uh, I listen. Uh, when they when we had our ranking reveal show, I was shocked she was a one seed. I was shocked she was a two seed. Yeah, number two overall but, behind just Thrawn. Yeah, but um, I didn't. I don't think the portrayal was very good, honestly. It's just something, maybe because of the look. I don't know. 
but something seemed off where I couldn't put my finger on it and I wasn't able to enjoy the character. I love and maybe it was similar to the Grand Inquisitor. Sorry, Mike, to cut you off yeah. right there. Yeah. I maybe it was similar to the Grand Inquisitor and in that no, it wasn't as bad as that, but the Grand Inquisitor, because it looked bad, it was hard for me to take the character seriously and pay attention. Maybe it's something similar where I didn't think the character looked good, so it was hard for me to have anything else land. Yeah, so, uh, Pete, I do think we've had this conversation in the podcast before, specifically about, like, Mary Elizabeth Winstead's casting choice here, and we did note that, like, we had, I know we had a debate on the podcast, like, oh, like, is she the right age of the character? Turns out that the actress's age is the same as the character's age in Ahsoka, which is very funny to think about that, but I don't think she did a bad job here. I think, like, I felt like she did fine. I, I think she did fine, too. Was it the best portrayal? Probably not. I'm not going to say it was the best. I think I'm in the same camp as Nick. Um, that I number two seed overall is a little bit much, I think, for this uh, this character. Uh, but I think, like you mentioned, I think she's okay. I don't think she botches the character. I don't think there's a, like uprising of people saying this show was crap because they you know did terrible with Hera like they did with the Grand Inquisitor with Obi-Wan there was a lot of backlash about that so um yeah I think she did fine yeah let's go now I think the one where I think she's gonna get the most points is the character development arc and I feel like if you watched her in Rebels and her story arc in Rebels and you go to where she is in Ahsoka in terms of like being a war le- being a war hero, being a general, like being Jason's mother, being sort of like the parental figure to like her misfit group of friends. I feel like this tracks. I feel like this very much is what we saw out of Hera in Rebels. Like continue, it's the same character development. Nick, do you agree with that? I do. I do. It fits. It fits pretty much perfectly. It goes in line. I don't have an issue with the way the character was handled in that regards and. I think it was an excellent job. I, th- I just think it was something with the way she looks that makes it seem dull to me. Uh, Pete, what do you think? Um, I Yeah, I think for character arc, I think it's done well. I think we get what we're expecting, and I think that's a good thing in this situation. All right. I, I think I agree. I think anything else you want to add on her before we move on to Rex? Ready for Rex, which should be a short one. Yeah, this is going to be a, quite a short one here. We'll go down to Rex, who is... Arguably, I think, aside from Ahsoka, the most iconic, like, character created in animation for Star Wars here, he is shows up in live action in Ahsoka, and he is a low seed here because there simply is not a lot of simply action here, Pete, with Rex. Yeah, I mean, we get more than we did with Zeb. Um, we get a lot more with Rex, at least in the sense of, He's involved. He's not just sitting at a bar talking, right? Um, it, it's a tough one. It's a tough one because there's not much. It's a 10, 15 second snippet. I'm being generous there, too. It was probably even shorter. Um, Look pretty good, though. I think that I think that's uh, that's probably what's going to help Rex a little bit. Not a lot, though. All right. In terms of the look department here, Nick, like, obviously, I think they made, the it, easy them, they made it easy on themselves also because they didn't a DH Tam Morrison to be Rex. I think they there's that he was helmet on. Yeah, it was I mean, you, you can't complain about it. It was literally it, it's it's impossible to say it wasn't perfect. Yeah. They put a clone trooper in front of you and he was a clone trooper. And it's the you can't they, argue that. And they painted the helmet correctly. That was also very important. Yeah. I, they couldn't have said anything better. Yeah. All right. Now we'll go to uh 
I think, uh, portrayal here, which is, again, this could be another short one here. This is Ted Morrison, again, like, like being the real live-action voice here. Dee Bradley Baker voiced him throughout all his other animated appearances here. So, I think, Pete, this is kind of hard to judge off of one, just, like, one line from Ted Morrison. I mean, it it works. It's the same voice actor. Um, yeah, it works. It's good. And I, I like, like you had said, there's probably not enough to, to go on this to make more of a comment than that. Uh, well, that's the thing. That's the thing, isn't it? It's a different voice actor. Yeah, so it's it's the, right? it's the movie canonically correct one, but in terms of where the character so do you, do you, I, Well, I guess that comes down to, do you agree with that decision? Do you agree with the decision to keep it the way it was, or excuse me, to not keep it the way it was throughout all of the animation, or do you agree? Like, I agree. I think this makes sense, because every clone we've seen in live action has been Tim Morrison. Yeah. We even saw Tim Morrison, like, play a, like, a homeless clone in Kenobi. Right. You don't want to change the voice up for Rex to match the animation because then it's okay. But what about all the other clones who've been in live action? How come they didn't sound like that? Yeah. So, so I think that was done perfectly as well. And Pete, back to Tim Morrison question here: Like, does it bother you that we didn't get a shot of him taking his helmet off for thirty seconds here? Just it's established that hey, he looks like Cody, who we saw earlier. Does that bother you at all? Um, it doesn't bother me. I think it'd be cool. Um, I think they didn't do it because maybe he didn't want to come in to shoot the scene. Maybe they just got a the voice, just like they've been doing with you know Pedro Pascal with Mandalorian with Din Djarin, Excuse me. Um, it it doesn't bother me, but it could have added to it a little bit. Nick, maybe budget also. Where they want to spend the money to de-age him for like a ten second cameo. That's also fair, for sure. All right, so last, like, I think uh, the last one here, character development here, this is another one I think is impossible, Nick, because, like, this is a, a point where, like, again, like, sort of like we a couple of characters talked about with Grand Inquisitor last week. This is sort of, it, we're in the middle of his character arc, basically. We're getting him in Clone Wars before he shows him getting Rebels. So in terms of uh, Rex character development, you can't really say because he's kind of right where he is in animation. Yeah, I, I would agree, but I guess you can't. You can also say nothing was messed up. Yeah, which I think is an important part of this. When you're bringing these characters, they got to be handled with such care. And yes, they didn't do anything really, but they didn't do anything wrong. That's kind of a good thing, right? Yeah, Pete, you agree on that? Yeah, hundred percent. All right, so I think we're ready to vote here. And is there anyone who wants to dare and put Rex through this bracket? No, but I gotta say, in terms of our criteria, everything was perfect with Rex. There just obviously was nowhere near enough of a sample size to yeah. have him go to the next round. So, yeah, I mean, no, I'm not going to vote for him, but that's that's that that is a reason to do it. I'm not going to. Yeah, like if he had an episode of Rex, I think he might have advanced instead of ten seconds. Yeah, agreed. All right, so now we'll go to the bottom of the bracket. I think if I think uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, uh, Pete. I think this might be one of the two most fun matchups of the one of the, two, one of the top three matches we had in the entire tournament in terms of fun. For sure. I mean, this is the most intriguing, in my opinion, um, because I feel like there's a lot to be said about both these characters. Yeah, so we'll stay in Chronicle's seat order here. We'll go with Ezra Bridger here, who we meet in Star Wars Rebels, and we see he goes off the screen for 10 years. We have various rumors about who's going to play him in live action. Whether it was uh, originally, I remember it was Men in Masood who played Aladdin in the live action movie. 
we get Amadis Fondi instead here. So I'm going to go ahead and put a live, a shot on the YouTube version for the look segment here. So, uh, Nick, star us out of here. How do you think they captured the look of Edward Bridger, which, again, is also interesting because we haven't seen him for 10 years in the from the animated canon. I think it was fantastic. I think it was really fantastic. I was really thrilled with it. I think it looks literally uh, next to perfect. Um, I guess we would get a better representation if he didn't have a beard, but then again, he's been on a- he got older, so he grew a beard. It's okay. Plus, he's out in the middle of nowhere. He's not going to find a razor very easily. Right. So it makes perfect sense. And his hair is obviously longer. Maybe he goes back and decides to shave and, and get a haircut so we can, you know, we can see. But at the same time, uh, it almost feels like a, the Jedi look, you know, the, the hair and the beard. So I'm okay with it. I think it looks fantastic. Yeah, P. I think one of the things I remember when, I, when we first saw the portrayal of Ezra, like the look, it felt like. Remember all the jokes you have the years about Obi-Wan Kenobi with Space Jesus? I feel like now they became Ezra and Space Jesus. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think this is great. I think the, the look is fantastic, and I think the uh, the hair-beard combo, like Nick was saying, this is the total Jedi look, and I think it makes the most sense, and I think they nailed it. Well, I think it's underrated here, Nick. They got the eyes right, too. Like They picked the guy who has like perfectly blue eyes like Ezra does, too. They did? Yeah. And that's like, great. Something you've noticed, like when you look like cl- look closer like that here. So that's the look portion here. In terms of uh, portrayal here, I think this is another ten out of ten for me because I feel like with Amadeus uh, Fondi's portrayal of Ezra here, like he gets all the vibe and the nuances of what this character has been like, and I feel like he does a good job, sort of like capturing that spirit of Ezra that we've seen in the past. I would agree. Do you think you want to add on the portrayal element here from uh, Amadeus Vondi, the work he did? Mm, no. I mean, I think I think it's been said, and I think he does a good job. All right, here. So let's go to the character development angle, which is interesting here because we had as the Rebels, basically the Ezra character development arc, and then he's off the map for five years in real time, ten years in galaxy time. So, Pete, how do you think they did with Ezra's character development going from animation to live action? Um... While I don't agree with the show's choices when it comes to what Ezra's doing, I think that there were good choices just for the character itself, right? Um, being one with animals. Um, just overall, I just think I think we we kind of we leave off with Ezra at a certain point. I think we kind of pick it right back up. I think nothing's really changed there except for maybe the fact that he doesn't want to use lightsaber. He seems very... I'm one with the force now, which I feel like was not his way of thinking back when he fought Thrawn. Again, he was much younger than two. So I, I think I think it works well. I think you see that there's time in between and it's not just, you know, one episode after another, at least. Nick, why do you want to add the Ezra character on my front? I loved it. Thought it was fantastic again. It just exactly how I thought he would act. It really is. I had nothing negative to say about it. Plus, I think also the the point that people complain about is, oh, you want to use a lightsaber. I think it's fun because, A, he's not had a lightsaber for 10 years. So, of course, he has to get good using the Force. He wants to survive. And, B, it's a lesson that Kanan tried to teach him in Rebels and say, like, hey, you need to be able to survive with just the Force and not just a lightsaber. So, that's another character development. Put it well, he learned that lesson and grew from it. I agree. All right. So, now the fascinating one here. General Grievous, which is... Uh, 
Nick, while I pull up the the look here, do you want to sort of give people the backstory of where he actually came from? It's not the anime. Okay. Not the Clone Wars we know. Yeah, I came from um, the Clone Wars of 2003, which was a 2D comic, not the 3D comic, uh, uh, excuse me, it's a 2D animation, not a, the 3D animation of the Clone Wars 2008 that we're all used to. Yeah. He debuted there first, and then eventually, I guess two years later, is when Revenge of the Sith came out, so technically speaking, General Grievous did debut in animation. Yeah. I do think it was very interesting here. I did go back and do the homework and watch Clone Wars 03. Grievous is not, sh it's, th it's basically three seasons. The first two are like three to five minute episodes each, and the second, there's 10 of those. And then the last one is, I think, like longer, like 15, 12 to 15 minute episodes, or five of them. Grievous not show up until the end of season two. And then he's basically the m main bad guy in season three. So he basically is like created for George Lucas, put him in this show so that he could be. Introduced ahead of the movie, and the idea was that Clone Wars 08 would not retcon 03, but we saw later on that eventually what's happened here. So that's basically the story with him, Nick. Yeah, all right, makes sense. Uh, so Pete, we got the look here of Grievous animated versus Grievous uh, live action here, and important to note that I, I for those who did not see 03, like the part where Grievous is coughed. Gets gets canonized basically for an incident that happens where Mace Windu crushes his chest plate. That's not canon now, but that was sort of the explanation in the show. Okay, yeah. I mean, I'm looking by the side by side here when it comes to looks. I, I so I am uh, full disclosure. I haven't seen Clone Wars 03. Um, does Grievous have four working arms? Yes. In 03, yes. he does. Okay. That was the only thing I was going to say. I mean, there's obviously quite some differences. It looks like the head is much smaller compared to the body in the animated. Um, but I think overall, just the, the body parts and how he's supposed to look, I think they did a good job for sure. Uh, Nick, anything you want to add on the Grievous look front? I think it looks pretty good. I don't really have an issue with it. It's it's no worse than, than any other transition. You know, those big transitions we've seen. We've seen some, we've seen some bad ones, and it's not, it's not as bad as those, obviously. And it's pretty good. I think things are pretty accurate. And it's came first, I guess. I don't know if that really matters. I guess it, I guess it doesn't. But to me, it looks all right. Yeah, and also leave. I mentioned the anime uh, on the YouTube on the YouTube version here. There's a, fun, a note from the IGN article here. It says, "Fun fact: Matthew Wood auditioned for the role of General Grievous, and George Lucas picked him to bring the character to life. Wood had bronchitis at the time. Lucas liked the way that would make the character sound. He also directed Wood to give the cyborg a signature asthmatic cough. Since Wood did not originally voice the character in Star Wars: Clone Wars, the third season on Mace Wood used the Force to crush Grievous's chest panel or to have him sound more like he would in live action. So that's the backstory behind the uh, cough for Grievous." Interesting. All right, so now we'll go next one here to uh, the portrayal in live action here, and this goes to I think I'll handle this one because I Nick, did you get to see any of Clone Wars 03 back in the day? Negative. All right, I did take, negative on that. I did take the time to watch it here. I will say, Grievous is much more terrifying in the 2D cartoon than he is in the movie. Really, it's pretty terrifying in the movie. Yeah, because when Grievous first shows up in Clone Wars 03, he it's a group of like it's a battle on a planet. He's like a group of like like six Jedi there. Kiati Mundi, uh, Aayla Sakura is there. I think there's like 
Shock T is there, and there's three randos here. Grievous is like kind of they show him kind of lurking in the background. They don't really see him at first. There's like a scary like a kid who's like scared out of his mind. He's supposed to be Keanu Mooney's Padawan. He runs out, and then the first shot he agrees, he basically comes to the ground and just stomps this guy in the ground and crushes him to death. And he basically is, like, ruthless, like, tries to murder every Jedi he sees. Like, and, and you actually see him, like, fighting with, like, all of his, like, no enhancement whatsoever. Like, it's much more terrifying, I think, than we get in the movie. That sounds pretty terrifying. Pete, like, what did you think of the Grievous in the movie we got in terms of, like, he's there for, like, what, like, the first third of the movie? Yeah, I mean, I always took General Grievous as another general, right? I mean, I feel like he has that kind of way to him, and he seems like every other secondary villain in Star Wars where it's very to the point, very meticulous, and also very... um I hate to say the word formal, but kind of formal, right? We kind of know what path they're going to take. Um, I loved General Grievous in the movie. I only knew about General Grievous because of the movie until we watched Clone Wars. Um, well, the ones that we know of in 08, and then also the ones I haven't watched in 03. Um, I hadn't seen the those. But that was my first taste of General Grievous, and I loved it. Um, I thought it was super cool. So I might be a little biased since that was the first time I'm seeing General Grievous and how he was at, you know, how he was portrayed. Yeah, and Nick also mentioned that he's not very vocal in Clone Wars 03. They don't really use him as like a like a talking character too much. Like he's more sort of like a like a not sort of like a more mysterious like like a villainous type. Okay, so I mean, I don't know. It's see, honestly, Hondo should be on this board and not anyway. It's not canon. Yeah, but I mean, they created this car. They put him in this cartoon because it was going to be in the movie. I think he, he counts. I want to, Hondo. Yeah. All right. So last one here, in terms of character development, I'll sort of speak on this one as well. In terms of the grievous angle, I just feel like that it tracks as sort of his behavior here. I just think that, like, like we talked a little bit about the Grand Inquisitor in, in uh, two weeks ago on the podcast here. I think they kind of last week they they kind of nerfed Grievous down a bit to make it so he's actually beatable. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's just how a lot of stuff is when you go from animation to live action or from from a video game to live action or anything like that. It makes sense. Yeah, so, like, this is not... I think this this Grievous, I think, is more, like, unbeatable than the the actual Grievous we get in the movie in Clone Wars 08. Makes perfect sense. All right, so let's do a vote here. So, uh, Pete, you're putting Ezra through or Grievous through? Um... I think I'd have to put Ezra through because I'm not really familiar with the animated series that introduced Grievous. Um, but I also think that Ezra's look, character development, and just overall portrayal is just spot on. I don't I don't know if I have any grievances with that, no pun intended. Um, but I, uh, I, yeah, I'll put Ezra through over General Grievous. Uh, Nick, you going to weigh in on Grievous or Ezra? I'm gonna push Ezra into the final four. He's gonna cut down the nets. That's first of all, but second, uh, I think Ezra's fantastic the portrayal, and the Grievous one, it still doesn't sit right with me that it even belongs here. I think it snuck in in a very easy conference, and those mid majors don't stand up to the big five conferences when it really comes down to it. 
Yeah, I'm going to put Ezra through making a sweep here because I think the Grievous R3 portrayal was good. I think it warranted a spot in the bracket, but I just think coming from the non-canon district makes it a little harder to deal with that fact. Plus, like, it's weird that, like, we get him in live action. He goes back to animation again and get as a different backstory and gets rec- this one gets retconned. Yeah, it's, it's honestly, it's, I make a joke, but it is exactly like that. It won a bad conference because it because it won the conference tournament. It has to be here. And you know what? Sometimes you meet you 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 meet your maker, as they say in the in the in the bracket. All right, so we're gonna go now to the final here of the D Bradley Baker region. We have Hera versus Ezra, a rep a, a ghost crew matchup of Spectres here in the final. So uh, Nick has already voiced his opinion on this one. Pete, where are you going? Yeah, I'm I'm going Ezra. I think there's no contest. I think Hera was. A fine character, but I think we have to look at the criteria here of the bracket. I think Ezra is, is spot on, so he has to be pushed through. Yeah, I think I'm making a clean sweep here because I think we gave Hera points in for sure one, maybe two out of three. Ezra gets a clean sweep of all three criteria on the, on the board. Yeah, and uh, I appreciate the way the bracket was done, too, because... I mean, it's nice that we're not going to all have one seat in the Final Four, like... You ever make your NCAA bracket in March and you're looking at it and you go, I got all one seeds. I can't be right. And then you go back and redo it because you know it's not going to turn out that way. I'm just happy that you know, we don't have that. Yep. So that is Ezra is through. And now we're going to next week, we're going to the final region before we get to our final four, the Ashley Eckstein region. We got this one could be very chaotic here. We have Hu Yang, Boa Fett, Sabine Ren, and Chop Repeat. Yeah, this is this one's going to be wild. Yeah, this is this one's going to be a bloodbath for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you could have absolute mayhem in the, coming out of this group. I can see any of these four people leaving this group. Yes. And I know that Max and Phil... Uh, everyone is br- bringing their scissors, preparing to cut down the nets. Every single one of them. Yeah, and I remember that Max and... Uh, like, we could talk about this next week. I'll put my voice in here. Both had very underseat in this field. Yeah. Alright, so that's going to be coming up next here. I thank you guys for coming on. I really appreciate it here. Pete, People I'll follow you on social media, how can they do that? At Consy29, C-O-N-S-Y-29 on Twitter. All right, uh, Nick, well, uh, one more time. People I'll follow us on social media, how can they do that? At Sky Guys Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, Threads, and TikTok. All right, you can also follow me on social media, mphilips331. It's M-P-H-I-L-I-P-S-331. This week over on the Justin Suffering Podcast, we're going to dissect what's gone wrong with the Giants this year. We're going to do that. NFL picks here, and uh, Nick, our good friend Justin Diaz came on the Justin Summer Podcast last week, and he had a very fun, uh, another memorable Justin rant came out. I was um, on the listening end of that, I heard. Yeah. All right, so that's what's coming up on on this front here. We'll be back next week to get our final, final four spot sealed up here, but until then, may the force be with you.